All right, we're back with a uh, hope you all and start over. <laughs> <laughs> Fun-filled week of Megasheen, the podcast for all your geeky and gay news from a Black queer perspective. Nick, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, you know, well, for the most part. Child, don't get me to start. <laughs> See, you are already starting. Um, I'm, I'm all right, you know. I'm just coming off a vacation that was much needed. That's right. You were uh, Yeah, I was... Vacation started it's terrible. Um, yeah. I had to put down one of my cats, which is never a good thing. Oh, God, it was so rough. Um, but other than that, it was needed. I needed to rest mm-hmm. and not worry about stuff. Mm-hmm. Typically, when I go on vacation, like by like maybe Wednesday, I'm like, okay, so there's nothing for me to do. Like, I do not know how to rest and, like, not do anything. And my my boyfriend was like, so you just don't have any kind of things to do, huh? you just walking around looking silly. I was like, well, yeah, that's me. <laughs> but I did go see uh, Crazy Rich Asians, which, oh, my, my God, I love that movie. Yeah. That was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. That bitch, that uh, wedding scene. Yeah, with the water. And I was like... Gaudy and extravagant. But I would still be there, though. (laughs) Listen, with bills on. (laughs) Trying to get me one of them husbands. I know. The whole cast was fine. Yeah. And what's her name? Um, The one who played Gemma... The one who was uh, married to the guy that was actually cheating on her. Oh, I know you're talking about. She's gonna be. She's gonna be in Captain Marvel. Really? Yeah, she is. Oh, she is gorgeous. She is like absolutely gorgeous. You were right. It was a beautiful film. Beautiful cast. It was a fun story. You know, it was like a story we've seen before, but it was still cute. It was just fun. Constance Wu was great. Um, all the men were fine, even the, the even the cheating man. I I, I would have, I probably would have um the last minute and then like break up with you know like one more time, so you know that I'm good. And then okay, oh then, lord, see that's how you get caught up in the messes. I, I, I know that's my problem today. But the point is, <laughs> I was still, I was still be like, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some, and then when you think about me, you remember this moment, and then we'll go about our way. But, mm-hmm. but you know, but what's so funny about him was he was like trying to say, if you would have cared about me, I wouldn't have to do all this. I was like, you know what? Okay. Yeah, he tried to make it seem like it was her fault, like because she had money that 
somehow him it made him inferior and for the only reason for him or the only way for him to be feel somewhat like a man was to go cheat and i was like mm, i don't get your logic there buddy but like she told him she said i, I can't make you man i can't make you what you wasn't i was like oops all right i was like oh right hakuna matata <laughs> Ooh, I'm a motherfucking tata. She should gave him something before she left. But anyway, um, yeah, it was. I, I enjoyed that movie. That was really great. Um, there's not much coming out. We're supposed to go see The Nun, a couple of friends of mine. Go see that mess. But I'm going to be more excited. We'll talk about it on the show about Halloween because apparently this movie is the bomb. Everybody that I know who went to TIFF is raving about it, and I'm all excited for it. So. Mm-hmm. Well, shout out to uh, John Chu for directing uh, Crazy Rich Asians, you know, yes. even though you still have me blocked. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all don't know, John, Chu, John also directed Gem and the Holograms, and y'all know how we feel about that movie. You know what the world feels about that movie, but anyway, um, somebody got blocked uh, for Holograms. <laughs> Uh, I didn't get blocked, but I did have some words, though. Um, I mean, maybe I was just too too nasty about it, but, you know, whatever. But, you know, I understand because, uh, you know, that that's that's our that's our heart right there. And, and that was, mm, we're not going to get into that right now. We're just not. Right. How are you doing? Let's talk about you. I, I'm doing good. I've, I've had a, a few epiphanies about my future. And so I've been really thinking about that and what I really want to do. There's parts of me that's almost considering returning to a small town life. I don't know why. I don't know if I'm just getting older or I feel like it's just, you know, living in this. I've been living in cities since, you know, 2006. I just feel like, you know, maybe it's time to go back to basics. You know, that's been one of my things. And um, so I've been thinking about that a lot and I'm about to start traveling soon. So this week I'm out to the Bay area, then I'll be in Atlanta, um, next week and I'll be in Nashville as well. So I'll be down South. Um, and so I'll be doing my, my work down there. Um, but no, I'm pretty good. Just realizing that I, I need a change. I need a change and career and everything. So that's, that's going to be something popping up down the line. I know that's my. I know I'm ready for a change too. <laughs> while I'm lying, shit. Yes, and um, in the future, I'm gonna talk. I want to talk about something because I've learned some interesting things about play parties, and um, what really. I mean, of course, everybody knows what happens at play parties. It's just everybody having sex. But I'm realizing that some of y'all be out here. And I'm not shaming none of you, but some of y'all be out here, you taking dick, and that's great. But there's no uh, no no management after the fact, meaning somebody will just just get up in you, do they nut and keep, and then you leave up a move. Yes, but you jump into somebody else. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, um, you were just here. You were just so, no, but is there etiquette? Uh, now this is going way too off field. But is there etiquette during a play party? Because I don't. I've never been to one. There can be, but that's according to the person. But um, 
from what I was told and what I've seen in the past, let me, I'll use what I've seen in the past because my friend was talking about it this weekend and I was talking about what I've seen in the past. Sometimes no, because sometimes somebody would do something and they'll move on to somebody else. And I was like, but you just, mm. and, was, and I was like, okay. I, I was like, okay, that, that's your business. Um, well, you know, you, some people were, you know, blow one, blow another, blow another. I'm like, okay, well. But my friend was. But, <laughs> uh, go we, I'm just saying, um, we, we actually, we, gonna, we might bring this up in another time where we're really going to talk about it because I, there's a part of me that, you know, from what I remember, I was, I was more, I didn't, I'll be honest, I really didn't participate. I was more watching because I like to get an idea of what's happening before I want to jump in and be something. But it was just more of like, ooh, there's a lot of stuff that I'm not comfortable with. And because I want to do an interview process. But anyway, that's a story. All right, girl, we ain't got time for that. <laughs> All right, well, we need to get into Trying to. Oh, what do you see yourself in the next five years while somebody's trying to bounce it up and down? Like, girl, if you don't get the hell. No, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like that. It could be like, you know, like a little bit of like a five minute, you know, like, who are you? What are you about? Okay, maybe. Versus, but again, I'm assuming that these people don't know each other. And apparently, as it's been told to me, they do know each other because it's something that's hosted by people that they know. So therefore, they know. But, you know, you know, I'm still old fashioned. You know, and, and, Back when I went, I was like, well, I still don't only know two people and I don't want them in me. So I'm just gonna let this go <laughs> like that. So again, that's another conversation. But my friend had my friend went and he had a great time, but he was just telling me a lot of stuff. And we were comparing notes and I just thought it was interesting. So we may have to have a discussion with my friend on the show. Because that was interesting. That, you know what? Let's go ahead on to Aunt Macy because that is just too much for me. That's <laughs> for you. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Um, so we've been gone for, we wasn't here last week, but a lot went down, um, especially with Captain Marvel. Um, if y'all saw Brie um, sit there, Brie Lawson sit there and said, let's break the internet. And that was like 24 hours beforehand. And next thing you know, we saw her in costume, and some pictures from the movie Captain Marvel. So, Nick, what did you think when you saw all this stuff? Because I didn't see it, the internet being broken, but Mm -hmm. that's just me. (laughs) I thought that she looked good. Yeah. Um, um, I saw that um, we're going to see Monica Rambeau's mother. Yes, Maria. Yes, I, that was interesting. Yes. Um, the scrolls look interesting. So mm-hmm. I, I, all around, I thought the the pictures that we uh, saw were good. I thought we was going to get a um, a trailer. But if I'm understanding correctly, um, they usually do the pictures, the uh, the film pictures, and then they do a 
uh, a trailer typically. Yes. But overall, I'm I'm satisfied. I I want to see it. I want to yeah. see more. And the rumor is that we may see something near the holidays around, I guess, with a Nutcracker, that's one of the next movies, um, Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a rumor we see it, or they may wait until the, um, that whole D3, um, their Comic-Con, I like to say Disney's Comic-Con in the spring. We may see more. And usually, that's what they did with Black Panther, or so they, or they've done with other things. They'll release all that information there. So we'll see more. But I'm very curious to see um, where this is going to go. And, and going back to Monica's mother, we have to remember this is in the 90s. So I, I, I'm i assuming that, you know, Monica is a young girl and about time we get to this age, she's a woman. But I am a little concerned with the fact that they talked about her being a single mother. And if you read the comics, she had both her parents were there. So <laughs> that's very interesting um, that they have uh-huh. been a single mother, which is one of the drops of Black women, you know, in the film world, but okay. I'm just gonna, we'll just see what the, we'll just let this go and see what happens. Yes. That's all I was, <laughs> just yes. <laughs> because it was like, oh, single mom, okay. All right, we'll go from there. But, um, it, you know, I liked it, it looks interesting. I like that Brie is not your average looking person you know when it comes to like well let me rephrase that you know they always try to go for like oh it has to be this beautiful blonde blah blah, blah. and brie is a is an attractive uh-huh. it didn't need to be you know it didn't need to be like the what we would have what you know comic gate type of people will look at you know like big boobs and all that stuff it was she fits the look of what carol danvers would be so i was happy to see that so i'm not saying that brie is not attractive i'm just saying that they didn't go to that level of like we have to get this really hot woman to play this role it was like we had to get the best actress to play the role right so yeah we will see what's going to go down with that um but tomorrow will be the premiere of america horror story apocalypse and um, I'm I'm sure all of y'all have seen this trailer, and I am curious to what how this is gonna play out because it's like the end of the world in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> I'm only here to see Joan Collins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and she is the I one of the, I, I believe the grandmother of one of um that boy who's always in the show she's she's gonna be his grandmother um evan peters yeah but we don't know and he may be a vampire (laughs) that's what i'm saying i don't know what's going on but um um it's gonna be very interesting to see what this is gonna be because this is i think the world is ending certain people arrive at this bomb shelter where um they got Kathy Bates and they got um, what's her name? She's going to be there. She's playing one of three characters this season. Uh, so, and then we saw the witches would be back. And then we also see mm-hmm. Murder House. They will be back. Um, and they're all dealing with the sun. So if you remember at the end of the first season, the little boy was born from a ghost. Well, don't tell, don't tell, don't, okay. Oh, well. I was about to say, well, no, don't tell me the, the end. Okay. 
I won't do that. I'll get alone. But um, it has all to do with the empty Christ. That's all I'll say. Of course. <laughs> so I'm looking forward. I'm actually gonna, I'm looking forward to like go somewhere else. Huh? I said. Can the Antichrist go somewhere else? I'm tired of that trope. It's just <laughs> done to death. Yeah, it has been done to death. Well, I mean, we have, what, the omen. We've had so many different types. But, you know, I, I'm open to see. I'm open to see. So we'll see what tomorrow will bring. I think it's going to be chaotic, as someone already has described it. It's very chaotic. Um, but they said it would keep your attention. So, you know, we'll see how this goes tomorrow. Are you looking forward to it? Oh, of course. I just, <laughs> I don't think I'll see it live. I'll probably just DVR it and watch it at a later time. But yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. <laughs> that doesn't sound exciting. <laughs> I mean, you know how sometimes Ryan Murphy, he goes good and then there's some episode and then it just goes off track. Yeah. You know, it's it didn't happen in Pose mainly because it wasn't about American Horror Story bullshit. But I mean, we'll see. Yeah, that's all we can do. But it looks cute though, so I'm going to see how they're going to really tell the story. Yes, uh, the best. Uh, let's see. Um, so uh, we've always talked about Comics Gate, and these are a bunch of guys who hate diversity and hate anything that just takes away from the 1970s version of comic books. They're about to be really hurt because there's going to be a diversity Comic-Con coming up in New York. And it, look, it looks cute. Now, is this in addition to New York Comic-Con? This will be after. So okay. The day after or so. Um, I think it's a day after or before, but it's going to be um, Thursday, October 11th. It's one day, so it's going to be from 10 to 6. Um, it's being hosted by FIT, so the Fashion Institute um, of Technology. They're going to be over this. And they have um, some guests from the comic world, from pop culture as well. Um, and speaking of um, Comics Gate, um, Heather. And Toast, um, she was one of the first people they attacked. She was one of the artists or one of the writers from Marvel who took a picture of them having milkshakes. And because of that, that kind of spawned these guys to be like, oh my God, these women, la la la. But anyway, um, this is going to happen. It's going to be a lot of panels. Um, it's going to be a lot of art and a lot of different work. Um, they are really excited about doing this. And again, it's just one day. It's free. So um, if you are around in the New York area, um, they're going to be having a, a great show. They do have a lot of different guests coming in. Um, and I'm excited to see what this will look like. I'm sure it's going to be, they have panels, like they have a couple of LGBT panels, um, stuff about race as well as diversity and sexuality. So it's going to be a lot of different um, panels and discussions that are, that talks about comics, but also talk about how diversity affects comics and kind of how it affects the readers today. So that sounds kind of mm -hmm. cool. Now, when is it again? October the 11th. Um, and it will be from 10 to 6. Huh. That seems like it would be a good 
Yes, and they got a grant. A good, um, yeah. Oh, they got a grant. Mm-hmm. The President Diversity Council is fully sponsored by this grant. So that is how they are getting this done. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, I wish I can be there to see that. Um, maybe, you know, another place could have thought about getting a grant too. Maybe that would have had a con, but um, <laughs> this group is going to do it. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to hear how, how it's perceived when it's done. Um, but yeah, it's going to be pretty good. Pretty good, I believe. That was messy. It was. <laughs> it was messy. All right, Nick, I'm going to turn this to you because you know I don't know anything about no PS6 or... Okay, girl. <laughs> so, what was it? This week? No, last week. Um, Insomniac Games released Spider-Man. Marvel Spider-Man. Yes. And it has rave reviews from everybody. I haven't personally played it because nobody would buy it for me and I'm broke. <laughs> um, but the, <laughs> the gameplay that I saw, the streams that I saw, it looks one of the best comic book games that has ever been made. And I think it's, it's everything. Everybody loves it. Um, I can't wait to get my hands on it when it's at a, a more convenient price. But I think uh, Insomniac really hit it out the uh, ballpark with this one. Hmm. So check out uh, Marvel Spider-Man if you haven't already. Um, I don't know if it's just a, uh, a PS4 exclusive. I'm not sure about that because I haven't caught, um, haven't uh, caught up on, you know, all of that since, you know, I was on vacation and whatnot. But I'm definitely getting it soon. And you're right. I mean, pretty much everybody um, that I saw was enjoying it and really watching. Um, you know, not watching, but playing the game. And it looked really good from what I was seeing from clips and everything else. And people were getting a life from it. So, you know, I hope this has been fun to everybody. But I like to see a little bit more of the Marvel people, you know, come out there with more games and more like i want to see some more X-Men, mm-hmm. even though i don't play but i would like to see you know more x-men games with you know gene gray and storm at the helm so now back in the xbox days they did have a uh a few games called x-men legends mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of x-men characters are in it like uh emma frost uh jubilee a lot of, uh, it was a, a really good story too. And it was kind of, um, it was action-based, but it had RPG elements to it where you can level up your, um, the X-Men and whatnot. Uh, you could play as Psylocke, uh, Colossus, Storm, Jean Grey, Rogue, a host of, uh, a host of, x-man and there was different locations you went to um like for example there was one uh scene in uh in the game where xavier got kidnapped by the um uh shadow king and you were uh playing in the astral plane hmm. there was a scene where you're in the more block tunnels um and you have to fight Meryl. Hmm. 
so it was it was a really good game and then the sequel was uh, rise of the apocalypse where you uh you fought mr sinister i think you fought the the cuckoo sisters um it was a really good game and they really need to do that uh either either have it remastered or rebooted or something or just give us an all new a brand new game with different heroes and what not that sounds really neat i mean now we need to get you yeah we need to get you gaming yeah I just need like to start, start out slow, but then build up. Yeah. And the real, yeah, maybe I need to do that. I'll start with a game on my phone first. And well, no, we'll see. <laughs> we'll start with the iPad game first. At least I can control it. I can say on my iPad, there's a game versus on my phone because everything else is on my phone. So we'll try with the iPad first. Yes. Um, speaking of, since I said I'm going to be in Atlanta, they're doing reshoots of, of, of um, Avengers 4. So the second half of the Infinity War is being filmed in Atlanta right now. And our favorite Bay, Chris Evans, is down there with no beard, but he's down there. Still looking good, though. So um, if I am arrested, y'all will probably know why. Um, I, if I see him, I'm just going to be, I'm, you know, I'm going to be nice and be like, oh, look at him. But I will be, you know, planning a lot of different things in my mind um but they're you know finishing up as i've been told down there in atlanta i wonder what this will all be um the way he looks in the pictures it looks like it could be a flashback it can be a flash a flash forward who knows but we know they're wrapping up um and well they're reshooting and that will be wrapping up very soon but i'm wondering what this is all about since they're filming in atlanta Like I just I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know. Well, <laughs> interesting. And you saw the pictures. Yeah, I did see the pictures. And you know, he looks fine as hair. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. As yeah, always. Yeah. You know, I just found a video of him dancing. Like there's a couple of videos of him dancing, but there was something he was dancing off hip hop and he looked really cute dancing. I was like, okay, I see what you're doing. He always grabs his crotch though. But he dances. I wonder what that's about. I mean, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to be. <laughs> never mind. Now, mm. see, you didn't have to do all that. Well, <laughs> I just noticed. I just noticed. But yeah, they're doing reshoots. So if I see anything, I will post it. I will do my best, or I will stalk it. If I don't get caught up in that storm, because that storm, Florence. Oh, she's not playing. And last year, I was caught in a storm down there at this time. Facebook reminded me that last Water. year, um, there was that big storm where I was trapped in a hotel for three days. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see if that happens again. I hope it does not happen again. Right. But, yeah, that's, that's what's going on uh, with Atlanta. But I, I guess we kind of want to close it with um, what we learned about Leslie Moonez from CBS. Ciao. <laughs> so 
we're, we're putting this out here because it's pop culture stuff, but it, it affects someone that we love. And we learned that basically Les, that's what he's called, um, was very instrumental in the boycott of Janet Jackson, not just for, you know, a month or a year, but for over a decade. Mm-hmm. And if y'all remember that whole situation at the Super Bowl where, you know, our breast was shown and everything. So, you know, he was upset because it was on CBS, I believe, and he was making such a big deal about everything. Um, what we learned is, you know, Justin Timberlake tearfully, as they said, apologized, cried and begged, you know, for his forgiveness. Janet Jackson also apologized, but he didn't feel like it was genuine. So he did a lot of trying to blacklist her for many years, like from Viacom, which is MTV, BET, to not play her videos or invite her to things or what have you. And this went on for many years, like I said, over a decade. And the information mm-hmm. just came out last weekend about him doing that. But not only that, that he's also been accused of sexual, um, kind of sexual assault and, and inappropriate behavior with six other women. And I think like more women came out recently um, now, if you don't know about Les Munez, he's married to Julie Chen, and if you're familiar with her, she's on The View, not The View, but The Talk, their version of The View, and also she's one of the hosts of Big Brother, CBS's biggest reality show. Um, now, here's the tea about that is, when they met, apparently, according to his ex-wife, that was kind of an affair. So they already kind of gave you an idea of what type of man he was. But he's just an example, another example of powerful men really abusing their abilities and power to do heinous things. Uh And just to see that he spent this time trying to ruin her career was really, really ridiculous. I just hate that these straight, these cis white men in these powerful powerful positions, there's no kind of recourse, you know, or there's no, they don't get any kind of comeuppance. Yeah. Like they get, oh, I'm sorry I do it. Uh, sorry I did it. But then they get these buyouts or they get their, they lay low for a second and then they come back and they have this grand whole uh, pity party that, it's so unfair to their victims. Like I heard that he's maybe getting like a, some kind of $80 million uh, contract buyout or something, at least that much. And he was already one of the 15 wealthiest people in Hollywood. Like I think uh, Forbes had him like at $750 million. So even if he didn't get this uh, buyout of his contract, he would still be set for life. Yeah. You know, so it's just, I'm so tired of white men. <laughs> I'm so tired of straight white men. And they're falling from grace upwards. Yeah, Hell, we saw uh, Norm MacDonald and his old non-funny. Norm MacDonald, to me, has never been funny. Let's just say that. And him saying, oh, I'm glad the Me Too movement was slowing down. Mm -hmm. Nobody even, who woke up on Tuesday, September the 11th, and wondered, gee, what is Norm MacDonald thinking about the, uh, what does Norm MacDonald have to say about the Me Too movement? No fucking body. Like, 
I'm just, I'm so tired of them motherfuckers. Yeah. And I want Les to do several things. I want him to donate that money to causes, give the women that he has, you know, assaulted or been inappropriate with, give them some money. Give uh, Janet Jackson needs to have a variety special on CBS. She needs to have a day of let her do whatever she needs to do. Because to go after someone's career like that, and not really think about the implications of that. It's just, to me, that's just evil. He knew what he was doing. He was trying to ruin her because she didn't bow down to him. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that speaks so much, that speaks in so many volumes the way how white men are. I mean, you saw what happened with Serena over the weekend and all that stuff. And then, Listen. You know, oh. Girl, and, I had to turn that motherfucking match off because <laughs> I was ready to fight. It was it was just a mess. Yeah, that was a mess too. I mean, Serena, I like that she put them in check, but I hate the way people have responded to that. Not understanding that if it was um, The Rock, like if it was like somebody like that, or any male athlete doing it, they would be like, yeah, you know, but because it was her, they had to be the angry black woman. But I love the fact that Serena was like, I'm gonna check you. But I'm also gonna check everybody else. Like, you're not gonna boo this girl. This girl won, and so let it be. Like, let's get into all the men that have done some foul ass shit on the uh, tennis court. I mean, we can go back to John McEnroe. We can go to Nick Kyrgios, who, Nick Kyrgios, he made like a suggestion or insinuation to the opponent he was playing. I think he was playing like Andy Murray or somebody, that he had fucked his ex girlfriend or something. I'm like, okay, so that shit is okay. Y'all allow that. But Serena's coach doing on coaching, which is allowed, and then you docking her, you giving her a warning for that, then saying that um, when she broke her racket, then that was a, 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 a point deduction, and then something else, which was, like, totally crazy. So you gave her a whole – her opponent, she – gave Naomi like a whole game it was it was just so fucking stupid and that same coach did the same shit to uh Venus mm-hmm. at the French Open a couple of years ago mm-hmm. so I'm just over these white men thinking they have some kind of hold o- over black women and then all these uh umpires saying oh uh, we're gonna boycott Serena matches if she uh whenever she plays again I'm like fuck y'all Cause at the end of the day, y'all don't have 23 grand slams. Y'all don't have the clout that she does. And you're still in your khakis, your Doc Martin, Martins, and your polos bending over, looking at the uh, fault lines. So let's just... Buy all I just <laughs> right. If we keep it in a bug. And then they had the nerve to... Tra- uh, they had to charge uh, Serena like $170,000. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bullshit. Because y'all, y'all did the same shit to her over that footfall back when she was playing uh, Kim Kleisters. Hmm. And I think they charged her like 150 That's a mess. I'm like, fuck y'all. But, you know, I'm glad she handled it. And I really want her and Naomi, I really want Naomi to have another shot, you know, because I feel like this was kind of, the way this was done, it, it kind of robbed her of her moment. And I really want her to have that moment, but I do like it was two um, basically black women 
playing the game and showing that at the end of the day, it's two black women that everybody has to beat in order to get to the top. <laughs> so I'm just like, I mean, even the day after when Naomi took her picture with her, uh, with the trophy, she didn't seem happy. Yeah. And rightfully so, because everybody, they just robbed her of that, that moment. It was, ugh, I was so offended. Yeah. It was a mess. But you know what? They will, they gonna be all right. And as Serena said, you know, we're going to win. It's just, you know, maybe it wasn't today, but we're going to win what we're going to have to do. And I feel like, you know, she's got, she got something coming up and I'm sure her husband's going to figure out some weird um, IT way of making sure that it's going to all work out. <laughs> y'all, y'all, I think y'all messed with the wrong woman. I think y'all really did. And Serena has nothing but support coming out there. So. Right. And which, what a uh, person, you know, had a baby that almost died from childbirth and was in two Grand Slam finals after only having like, what, seven matches prior? Yeah. (laughs) You run tell me that. I know. Without steroids or any type of enhancers like that other woman that, that other woman who was taking drugs. Right. Sharapova had the damn uh, super soldier formula and was still getting beat up out here. I'm mad you said so super super soldier. <laughs> she did. Like, girl. She still got me. I was like, like, girl, you still forgot this discount version. That still didn't even work. You still got her losing. <laughs> you still losing. The last the last time Maria Sharapova beat Serena, uh, Georgia W. Bush was in president and I was still in high school. Uh, and gas was like a dollar fifty. That's right. But we know who the queen is. Everybody knows. And like Kaepernick said, that is the, that is the greatest athlete. So, Lord. And y'all need to quit burning y'all damn shoes with your, I know y'all mad at Nike, but you're going to have to get over it. Nike has more money than all of us. They will be all right. So you burn your little raggedy shoes with your feet. Why are you burning, you're burning stuff that you already bought for. Yeah, that's stupid too. I just wanted to put that out there because I thought that was stupid. And then I just found out that some some volleyball team in um, Missouri tried to, like, we're not going to wear our jerseys with Nike. I'm like, girl, they don't care. They do not. It's like, they do not care. Don't. You're just going to get beat by an all-black team. And when that happens, I'm going to be out there laughing at you. So come through with it. Now, was this a, a college team? Yes. I think it's a college girls team. It was four white girls. So I was like, of course. I mean, y'all could, <laughs> if y'all are on scholarship, y'all could be a Baptist <laughs> motherfucker. It's not a problem. That's right. And if you own scholarship, you may have to wear that stuff anyway, because that's a part of the scholarship. You know, Nike be paying for these scholarships and they could be like, well, Trick, if you don't want to wear our stuff, then <laughs> you could hand us all that money back and figure out how you're going to play and go to school at the same time. <laughs> Right. Girl, go ahead and free yourself. Yeah. yeah. I'm about to say, just, y'all just go ahead and do that because y'all keep forgetting that, you know, some of these scholarships and everything, Nike is providing all that. Some of y'all super stadiums, 
Nike. So y'all can sit here and act all crazy as you want to, but you have to remember they put a lot of money into something. And if you if they were petty like me, I would be like, okay, y'all want to be like that? Well, give me my stadium back. Oh, you can't come in because you don't like us anymore, so you don't get to come to my stadium. You can just stay out there and watch the game from the street right the home. We might own the cable company, so you might want to be careful about how you talk about that and the Wi-Fi. So keep on talking. So you just never know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh Lord! All right. Do you have anything else on the tea table? Um, I don't think so. Right. I don't think. Oh, oh, real quick. Need y'all. Um, y'all new niggas. Y'all bitches that just learn how to walk Mm-mm. to act like you got some damn sense when you're talking about Janet Jackson saying that she doesn't have hits. She's had more hits than you've been alive. I, I... Listen, these new... I don't know what's wrong with these new girls. I don't know what's happening. I saw that, and I was super like, did, who woke up this morning looking for the opportunity to be dragged this way? Who? They literally said that. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't understand what this, what this abuse, this need for abuse. (laughs) I don't know what this is. I just. (sighs) I don't get it. I know. I feel like people, why are people trying to come for, I think this has been an interesting moment for Janet Jackson because we, we've been recognizing her greatness recently. And then all of a sudden we're seeing the stuff that went down to what happened to her back uh, what, in 2006 or what have you. And then we're seeing these unemployed kids talking about <laughs> her discography. I'm like, you don't, do you know she has more hits than most of your faves? In fact, if it wasn't for her, some of your faves would not even be here. So I'm I'm just Beyonce has said many times that, you know, Janet Jackson is, is one of her influences. I, <sighs> and why it's just it's baffling. It is so baffling. It really is. It really is. Lord. Well, we gotta clean up this table before we find some more reasons to have some more tea. And we are gonna come back with our interview with Alon. Um, and let's just say our interview is gonna be lit because it's gonna be all about the gay apps. So we'll be back very shortly. All right, everyone. So welcome to Megasheen. We're so excited to have a special guest today. We have Alon Ravel. He is the Director of Global Marketing and Sales of Jacked. And we're gonna really talk about um, Jacked and, and, and its role within the overall gay dating apps. So Alon, how are you today? I am great. I am, you know, kind of surviving after Labor Day weekend. I went to Southern Decadence in New Orleans. Oh my so God. I am definitely recovering. <laughs> I have seen videos of that. I, I, and it looks like it is crazy. It's like girls trip is, on ten, probably. It is. Everyone is. I mean, I've seen people be extra, but this was like out of control, like another level, kind of like everyone was acting up. Let's just say that. <laughs> That's a cute way of putting it. Everyone's acting. Yes. Up. <laughs> acting up. Yeah. Yes. So we're just going to get into it. We just, I have some questions for you because I am very interested 
and jacked. And the reason why I am is because I feel like jacked is kind of the answer that many of us, especially those of color, have been looking for when it comes to the gay apps. Um, it, we've seen such foolishness in the other ones um, as the way that they handle racism as well as sizeism at times. So I am always, you know, curious to know how, you know, a certain apps kind of deal with those things and what have you. But with yours, I, I, I'm really fascinated with everything about it, like how it was started and even to your campaigns, which have been amazing. So I am very curious. Thank you. So my first question is, um, so this started in Cornell. And I did not know. I didn't know that. I used to work there, but um, I did not know that. Mm. So it started there, and now it's pretty much all over the world. It's in 180 countries. How did you get involved with starting this? Sure. So I um, came on board in 2016, October of 2016, to kind of be the brand manager for Jacked. Mm -hmm. Um, That was my first title within the company. And basically they had a lot of data and a lot of information, but they didn't really know how to speak to the community or even figure out who they were within the app space. And quickly, you know, looking at data and numbers and our user demographic, I realized, wait, holy shit, like (laughs) 35% of our audience was black, 50% of our audience was Asian, 20% was Latino or identified as other. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is, uh, this is not happening on any other app. So like, we need to play this up. Like, we need to figure out why this happened, how it happened, and make the community know, especially, like you said, for people of color, that this is a safe space for them, and then continue to kind of grow on that and, you know, add features and products and campaigns that speak to the community, um, let them know that this is for them. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how it all, how I started to get involved. Um, but, you know, the, the way the app became the way it did was, like you said, it started at Cornell um, by an Asian man, a Japanese guy by the name of Yosuke. Mm -hmm. Um, And he actually brought the app to Asia, um, even though he made it in Cornell, and there was no other gay dating app at all abroad. Mm -hmm. Grindr had not been in the Asian market yet. So Jack was really first to market in the Asian community. And then, you know, in the U.S., people started seeing a lot of Asian people on the app, and they said, oh, well, if this app is, like, safe for Asians, then maybe it's also safe for me because I don't identify as white. And it started to grow popularity for people who were into Asian guys and black guys. Mm -hmm. And it quickly started to become a safe haven for people um, within those communities, which is just fascinating. And like you said, it's because all the other apps just were not handling it well and had so much sexual racism going on. And to this day, I mean, it's insane. Yeah, it is insane. Like it's, and I'm seeing certain ones are having different campaigns to be a kinder app, but mm-hmm. I feel like y'all were kind of the lead on all that before a lot of these other places started. So kudos to y'all, because I do appreciate the fact that y'all have really been, you know, pushing um, inclusion you. in your app. So, yeah, it's important. Yeah, it's important. It, it is. It's very important. Um, so with again with so many of these apps out here, there's a lot of choices. <laughs> mm-hmm. What makes Jack? Um, what gives y'all the edge? What give? What gives you the advantage over the other apps? Honestly, 
our community. Like, mm-hmm. the apps, more than anything, like, you can have all these features and emojis and, you know, more photos and more people and more options and more reasons to upgrade and more filters. But at the end of the day, you're there to meet someone or talk to someone, whether that's for a date, coffee, a hookup, a hangout, a friend, mm-hmm. someone to shoot the shit with. You want someone to talk to you. And if you go on the app and you don't find who you're looking for, you're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. That's what it is. So it doesn't really matter if you have all the bells and whistles. It matters if you actually have who you're looking for. And, you know, for us, we find that the people who are on our apps are more inclusive. They're kinder, you know, no pun intended, with <laughs> um, what the other other um, apps are trying to do, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I do say also, like, kudos to the other apps for also finally stepping up. They might be, like, five, ten years too late, but it's about time. It's not just about us being, like, we did it first, we were the best. It's for our whole community. The gay community as a whole needs to be better to everyone um, and more inclusive because once we're better to other communities, we're going to be stronger together. So I, I do, I am proud of the other apps for also stepping up. You know, again, I wish they did it sooner, but I am, it is something that we should be happy about. Yes, I totally agree. You should be. You really should yeah. be. Um, so as we have mentioned, racism is just all over the gay community. <laughs> it is just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but y'all introduced a generation that ends racism ad. And I thought that was mm-hmm. fascinating. Can you tell us about the response from that? And were you surprised or were you, you know, you was kind of like, oh, okay. No, it actually, honestly, I attribute the, res- I attribute the grinder campaign, which is kinder, mm-hmm. as a response to our Generation That Ends Racism campaign, because we blasted them in that campaign. We said to them, you need to be better. Like, you we did. said a certain percentage <laughs> of people within this country identify as certain races. Mm-hmm. You see them on our app. Why are we not seeing them on your app? Yes. You're the leader in the space, or, or have been for a very long time, in terms of the amount of people who are on your app. You need to do better so yes. that we as a community, all of us can do better. It wasn't so much as like a yelling at them or attacking them. It was more so about us being like, work to be better, work for the community. And I think they heard us because now they have this campaign that's launching about being kinder and more inclusive. And ever since then, you know, the, 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 at the time, the director of marketing responded to it um, and spoke about, you know, how they... They have had issues in the past and that they do the best that they can to, you know, respond to it however they respond to it. And it got picked up by so many publications and so many news outlets. It was actually one of our um, biggest uh, stories uh, Mm -hmm. when we did launch Mm -hmm. that campaign. Yes. And I, when I saw it, I was like, okay, this is how you hold people accountable. And I looked at it as like, it was kind of friendly. It's almost like how restaurants would, like Wendy's would go after McDonald's, but it wouldn't be mean it's more like okay so you're doing this but what about that so it was right. it was just really neat to see because i was like yes call them out on it hold them to it and i really appreciate that so i'm glad y'all did it y'all can keep doing that as much as you need to <laughs> thank you yeah i i agree it was it was something actually that i i dated um in a room one day i was like you know what everyone always says this in the community but nobody actually calls them out like you just said no one puts anyone on blast mm-hmm. and you know what if you're not going to put on a blast you'll never get better so let's just do this let's go for it let's yeah. take a risk and it, it paid off it did it did um so um working on apps i 
from what I've seen my students do, um, they are they always come up with all these interesting ideas, but there's always a lot of bumps and stuff in the road. So what has been some of the lessons you've learned about really making um, Jacked the app that it is today? Honestly, you need to invest more than anything in your tech team when you start a new app. More than anything, you need to have the best tech you can. And, you know, Jacked has, has had its issues with bugs, as a lot of other technical applications do. And we're striving every day to fix them and do better and hire stronger, more talented tech people to keep on helping us to make it the best possible app it can be. Um, if you don't have an app that works well, people will not use it. Um, and furthermore, you know, you also need to know who you're going after and why your app should matter. Like you said, it's a very cluttered space. So what are you doing? Who, who are you targeting? And why should anyone care? Yeah. And if you don't care, no one else will care. You have to really find a voice. You know, we found a voice. You know, we're a niche of a niche product for for certain people. It's not for everyone, and that's okay. But for the people that it matters to, it matters a lot to. And that's the goal. You want to matter to someone. That's true. And thank you for that answer. Um, so we, we talked, again, we're going back to racism because I love talking about racism. Yeah, <laughs> um, of course. Now, as we, you know, think about gay media, how much of a role do you believe gay media has played to kind of amplify racism? And what ways do you think they could really change the game when it comes to these issues? You know what? I'll go actually one step further and uh -oh. talk about porn. Okay. Um, because porn is, is media. Yes. And I think that people actually within the gay space and within the whole world watch more porn than they watch TV. <laughs> That's true. Um, and porn does a really poor job of, um, you know, sexualizing fetishes, um, of people of color yes and you know there's all these crazy prison porn and you know black guys gang bangs and all these things that really you know almost dehumanize um people of color and it's really important to you know put them in the same scenarios that you would put white men why mm -hmm. are only you know sites such as like you know men at play where men are in suits why are those people always white yeah. You know what I mean? Why Why are they not people of color? Yeah. So I think that that's one place that definitely, you know, needs to to be better. Um, I do still think, you know, in terms of media, the, the apps themselves. I mean, things like saying, like, you know, no blacks, no femmes, no Asians on your profile, it's unacceptable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and everyone always says, well, it's my choice. It's my preference. I'm allowed to like what I like. That's true. You can like what you like, but there's one thing to like what you like and keep it to yourself. It's another thing to go out there and say no to someone just based on the color of their skin. That's racism. Mm -hmm. You know, I can say I don't like French fries, but I don't wear a shirt that says fuck French fries. <laughs> that's messed up. Yeah. And that's what people don't understand is the difference between, you know, liking what you like and then putting people on blast just because of the color of their skin. Yes. Um, so, you know, on the apps, on, you know, on porn sites, and then, of course, in TV, like, how many, I mean, Moonlight was the first movie to ever show, like, you know, how fragile, you know, people, men, black man, masculinity is. And mm -hmm. that was never done before that. And it was very powerful. And we need more things like that in, in media, and not just one movie. It's just the beginning. 
There's so many stories that need to be told um, within that world that are just not told. Yes. And I'm glad you mentioned porn. Um, not to plug myself, I wrote an article about black men in gay, in gay porn and how growing up, you know, when I was 17, <laughs> I remember, yeah. you know, finding one and first being excited, but also realizing that all I saw was white men. And then out my college years, I was like, if I found black men, it was, you know, they, they, it was not at the same quality as like Falcon at the time, Falcon or Jocks or mm-hmm. Catalina. They were like, you know, in those, they were in different countries or on the beach and, the black ones were in a, you can tell they were in a, a mausoleum or a damn casket. It just looks so horrible. And mm-hmm. the breakout stars were usually like the ones who were, um, I think of Ryan Block. Um, he was, a, I think he was biracial. And usually the biracial ones were the ones who broke out, who were able to go different places. Um, and if you did see more of their darker skinned black um, performers, they were in, as you were saying, the prison the prison mm-hmm. ones that um, Shishi LaRue made tons of money for from, I think, a Black Bald in that series and how it went from prison. It, it went from the, I think it was, no, actually, it didn't start in prison, but one of them were, was a, a prison one. And so it's really interesting to see, as you mentioned that, like, even though things are somewhat changing, we're still behind when it oh, comes to Oh, we are so that. behind. Yeah. We are so behind. Like, it is, Still so messed up. One of the guys on my team, he um, he's black, and he to this day will get harassed on um, some of our competitors' apps. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. People are just like, "Ew, you're black." No, like yeah. that happened to him just like the other day. Oh and it's goodness. like people—the fact that people even think that they can speak to people like that—is insane to me. Yeah, it's just unacceptable. I think it's that weird safety that people feel behind the screen uh, that we, you think of like the alt-right or you think of all these other people who are just tweeting and saying everything. I think they just have that comfort of just saying You know what, like I'm, I'm really liberal and I still don't say crazy things about <laughs> Republicans on social media yeah. or, you know, it's just it, being an extremist in any way is just not okay. It doesn't solve any problems. Yeah. So... You know, it, it's just, it just, it's ugly, you know, like it, it's just ugly mm-hmm. and I don't understand where it comes from. I mean, I, I understand where it comes from based on everything we're talking about, but I, I just can't believe that people have the guts to say that to strangers. That's very true. Yeah. It is amazing and really sad, you know, to think about yeah. some of the things. And again, as you were saying with the apps, it's just people on there just trying to find a connection and they have to be, you know dealing with this i think of not only just black men but asian men you know especially asian men. oh because my god it's the, horrible for yeah, asian men yeah horrible horrible i just went on a trip to actually korea and japan because like i said those are our second and third largest markets after the united states and i wanted to get a better sense of you know what our users abroad want because it's a very different world in japan and korea than it is here and you know if i'm marketing to them as the global you know, director of marketing and sales, I need to know who they are and what they're looking for. And, you know, they face so many more issues than we do here. Like in Korea, like they're not even able to be out. They live double lives. A lot of them are very scared to be who they are. And and there's just such a sense of hiding still. So, you know, even marketing to them, it's more about just being able to, for them, it's really about just knowing that someone else exists on the app who looks like them, who can talk to them, who's near them, that they're not alone. That's how 
different it is for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, you think about those things and it makes you realize how many people you're impacting in, in a certain way. Like, I remember being young and thinking I was the only one who was gay. And, you know, to know that you're giving, you know, comfort to some of these guys around the world who feel alone and, you know, might be suicidal, might be scared. It's it's really empowering. It's really, it it's nice to know. Yeah, it really is. So, what does Jack have coming down the pipe? Because I feel like y'all are, are cooking up something soon. So, do you have anything that y'all have coming up that we should get excited about? We do have something we've been cooking for a long time. Oh. Um, but I cannot tell you. It's super <laughs> top it. secret. <laughs> yes. Um, but I can tell you that it is a really awesome feature. Mm-hmm. Um, and that when it comes out, it will change the game let me leave it at that okay all right you heard it here first it's going to change the game um (laughs) and i i think that will be amazing because i think that all apps has to be on it because everything is changing these days so that is exciting to hear um any more plans of really combating racism as you go forward yeah i mean that's a huge part of our mission statement i mean that is our brand our brand Mm -hmm. is you know, make, giving a voice and a place for, for, and we, we, the way we label it is anyone who we see as, uh, you know, who identifies as different or other, whether that, you know, means that you don't fit the, the typical standards of beauty that society tells us is a white, buff, beautiful man, you know, anything that is, doesn't look like that, you have a place on our app. That's the goal, you know, to make it a place for everyone who felt, feels that they are not good enough or not welcomed anywhere else. Um, and, you know, that includes obviously racism and transphobia and, and just a bunch of, a bunch, a bunch of issues that, you know, other apps won't even talk about. And, you know, going out, we do, uh, we did this whole campaign. We were um, partnered with a company called Fuck Hate um, mm-hmm. for our, uh, for Gay Pride. And they are a nonprofit that um, combats racism, sexism, homophobia, and they sell retail clothing, um, you know, that says things like, you know, some girls marry tricks, like deal with it, you know, you can't grab my pussy, all these things like that. And, um, you know, we partnered with them because we believe in them and we wanted to go to the gay cities where gay men, you know, didn't have a voice, not just New York City and LA, but smaller cities like Charlotte that, that a lot of these other gay apps won't visit because it might not be profitable for them. We want to tell them, hey, you know, there might only be like hundreds of you out in this market, but you matter and we want you on our app. We want you to have a safe place. Um, So just doing more like that, making people feel welcome, um, making people feel that there's a place for them and that they're safe and not just a place for people to have sex or hook up. Yeah. So why do you think people like jacked why do you think people are joining you daily and and really enjoying the community why do you think they are just in love with using your product because it gives them something they can't get anywhere else um you know when you go on to grinder you know a lot of people go on there for quick hookups right away instantaneous Mm -hmm. when you're going on to scruff you know you're looking for guys who are hairy or have beards or are you know you know a little bit bigger in size whereas 
when you go on Jacked, you're finding a whole world of people you don't have on the other apps. We have people who just won't use the other apps. So you're kind of touching into a group that is untouched by the other products. It's like a secret world of men that you can't get anywhere else. And that's awesome for somebody who wants to meet people who, you know, are looking for the same thing everywhere else. Um, that's why I think people use it every day. Um, that's why I think people come to us. And I also think a lot of people don't know about it still. A lot of people still don't know what Jack is. It's almost like a secret society of members <laughs> who do use it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of on the DL, which we kind of like. It, mm-hmm. it kind of gives us our little secretive edge. It's like, oh, if you know Jack, you know what's up. If you don't, you're like, oh, yeah, I just use one of the big names because I'm generic. <laughs> so if you were to describe Jack to someone um, who has never even been on the apps, who are trying to figure out which one they should really use the most. What, in three words, how would you describe Jack? Jacked. Di- sure. Diverse, authentic, um, and real. Hmm. A lot of our guys are real. You know, a lot of other apps have fake people on their own fake profiles. All of our guys are real. We don't create any fake accounts for anyone. They're all real people. You know, we we have the most diverse app on the market. And all the people on there are very conversational, I find, in comparison to other apps. Um, a lot of people on other apps are looking for a very quick hookup. And yes, you see that on Jack too, but you'll also see people who are really authentically trying to connect with other people and talk. A lot of people, I've actually met a lot of people for friendship through the app more than I have anything else. And I don't get that anywhere else on any other um, app within our competitive set. That is cool. Well, that is pretty much all the questions I have. I want to thank you so much, Alon, for coming on and telling us so much great stuff. How can people find you and get involved with Jacked? I'm sure they can, you know, find me on LinkedIn or they can, uh, you know, follow like our Instagram handles, they're managed by me and Russell, who's um, on our team. And, you know, if you ever want to send us a message, you can send a message there. You can you know, shoot me a message on LinkedIn if you want to be involved. Um, it, you know, it's my full name. So it's Alon Ravel, um, A-L-O-N, last name R-I-V-E-L. Feel free to reach out with any ideas, inspiration. Always happy to hear it. All right. Well, again, thank you so much. And I feel like I've learned a lot more than I expected to today. So I hope our you know our listeners are really keying in and taking advantage of getting on Jacked if they are still having issues with other places that they're in. Or at least discovering Jack, I hope. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> All right. All right. Well thank you. And thank that you. will um hope you have a good day and that will conclude our interview. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, we're back. We hope you all enjoyed that awesome interview with Alon. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and close out the show. Um, Victor, do you have any announcements or anything like that? No. Um, oh, we really didn't get into this, but I hope you all saw the Shira teaser trailer. That looks kind of interesting. So we'll probably talk about that a little bit more next week. Um, but yeah, um, that's pretty much it. We. Well, you know, that's, I'll be in a different city next week, but we will still be on the air. So 
that's pretty much it for me. Yes, we will. All right. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Mechachine Pod. I'm at Porter Pizzazz. Victor's at Wonder. At Mechachine Pod on Instagram at Mechachine Pod. Visit our website at mechachinepod.com. I will have some uh, some articles up soon. <laughs> I know I keep saying that, but it's real soon. Um, what else? You can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, let's see. I think that's all. So let's go ahead and get out of here, and we will see you guys next week.